This week on Moms Moving On. If we have a mom who is going through a divorce right now and things are really hard for her and she's just swimming in this ocean of guilt, what I would say to her is what I said to myself five, six years ago. I need help. I cannot do this by myself. It is one of the most isolating things I had ever experienced in my life. And even though I'm surrounded by people who love me and friends and family, if you're not going through it, you just don't understand how to relate to somebody who is. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I'm so glad you got to experience Christine Michelle Carter. She really is a badass and she inspires me so much every single day. So I know you found the same inspiration. But speaking of inspiration, sometimes we need a little of it on our journey as parents. Co-parenting can be so daunting, especially when you're new at it. Today, I invited on a friend who I met a few years ago when I did my first co-parenting workshop. And halfway through, I looked at her and I said, I think you should be teaching this. You are incredible. She is an educator, but now she is an author. And she wrote a book that we are going to be chatting about that will really help you on your journey towards finding your stride as a co-parent. Her name is Mihaela. And I'm going to butcher her last name, so I'm going to let her (laughs) introduce herself now. But you're really going to love her. She's all things conscious parenting, and she kind of just makes you feel like a better mom just by talking to her. Hi, Mihaela. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to your audience. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for being here. So you're all sorts of things. I know you are a very, very esteemed educator because when I came and spoke in your classroom last year, your students just seemed like they couldn't get enough of you. And that's that's hard to do with college students. So that's one pat on the back. But now you're an author. So tell us about the book. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you for coming to my class. They couldn't get enough of you. You know, we called you the second time. They loved you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Yes. So um, I'm very proud and grateful and humbled by the experience of writing my first book. It's called Conscious Parenting of Your Toddler. And there is a chapter here in which I address conscious co-parenting. So I, I talk about the hardship of divorce and the emotional trauma through which children go through and how we as conscious parents can help our kids through that. And you yourself are a co-parent. I guess that's what we can call it. I know your situation is just as messy as can be and you don't have to go down that road, but can you give us maybe some insight into why the book was inspired, especially for the co-parents? Well, the book was inspired by the need that parents of young children expressed towards conscious parenting starting at a very early age with with the children because we know from neuroscience that the brain of the child really creates neural connections and the imprints, the emotional imprints that's going to, to create the path of the life of that child pretty much in the first five years of a child's life. Now, not everything is lost after five. The the brain is very plastic and our human brain develops 
all the way till we're 21, 22. So we have a large window in childhood to leave the right connected emotional mark in our children. So that was the need that, that the book came from. And then of course, I had to address co-parenting because we know the statistics in the United States and everybody's touched by this one way or another. And parents want tools, that's for sure. We definitely need the tools. And for me especially, it would have been really helpful to have tools. So we, you talked about ages zero to five is when sort of a child's whole being is formed, right? I divorced when my child was two. I know so many of my listeners have toddlers and are dealing with separating or divorce. Even if you're the best parent in the world, do you think there's any way to raise an emotionally, emotionally healthy child in a divorce? My answer is absolutely. There is more than one way. There are many ways in which we can raise an emotionally healthy child. And this is my whole mission, by the way. So I say that because children absorb everything in their environment, right? So they absorb our energy first. You know, especially in toddlerhood and all the way till six, seven, eight, we talk a lot about how to control children's emotions, how to manage children's emotions, right? But, but my call to parents that I wanna put out is how to understand children's emotions, how to embrace children's emotions. And my book is all about that. And the reason for that is only by listening to their true, raw, core emotions, we can show them that they have a space that's safe for them to be who they are. You, talk, you mentioned earlier uh, um, a child's being. That's exactly what parents who are not paying attention to this work are slashing out. They're slashing out the being, which means is that when the child gets angry where, or shows rage or rejection towards more often than not towards the mom, because usually the mom is the safer, emotionally speaking, parent. The moms have a very hard time to deal with those raw, big, scary emotions. Why? Because they haven't dealt with their own big, raw, scary anger that's underneath and has been dormant for 20 something years. Uh, the mom cannot handle the anger of the child because she feels she's doing something wrong. So my invitation to the parents is to learn the tools in order to separate the two. One is the work that I need to do with my own trauma, my own emotions, so that in the moment in which the child goes into a big tantrum, raging or rejecting me because who else could he or she reject right. if not a parent who feels the safest. So I want to open a parenthesis and tell moms, if your child is upset with you all the time, take it as a compliment. That means you are the safer parent, right? Unconsciously for them, that's what they decided. So that's a good sign. So learn to separate what's going on for me and my own triggers and why do I feel guilty in the moment? Why do I feel that I'm a failure as a mom in the moment? Learn to separate that from, okay, child, I see that you're very angry. I am 
with you in your pain. Let's sit with your pain together and your pain is welcomed with me. And if we do this every day, and sometimes it takes two, three years, that's what it took for my son. It took three full years of raging against me. For this, yeah. Until he cleaned up his entire pain, emotional system, and the resilient child that we all hope and dream for finally was able to blossom through that. But it was only through the process of somebody embracing and not running away from that big scary feeling that he was showing. And children who go through a divorce or a separation or one of the parents remarrying and entering a blended family, rage, anger and rejection are are going to be the first emotions that come out. Well, and, and I want to I want to ask you a question because that's a really good point. You know, sometimes you don't see it right away. Sometimes kids these emotions come out way later, but when you're dealing with a toddler, right? Toddlers without dealing with divorce are expressive. Their emotions go from 0 to 60 with literally like the blink of an eye. So, how do we know you know, because like I said, Bella was two and anything she did wrong in class after the point that I got di divorced, I'll never forget. Like, I almost wish I never said anything to her teacher because then it was like, oh, you know, she dropped her juice box. I know you have a lot of changes going on at home. And I'm like, what the fuck? She's two. Like, what do you mean? So how do you tell the difference? You know, if you're not an expert like you, if you're a parent like me or any of the moms listening, how do you spot the difference between a toddler who's angry for real, emotionally deep down about this new situation or just a toddler being a toddler? Yeah. Okay. Great question. I don't know if, if you will like my answer, but I'll give it a shot. <laughs> okay. I'm my not here to like your answers. I'm here to learn. So my answer is we don't have to understand everything all the time. What our young children, particularly young, right? So when I say young, I refer to zero to five, zero to seven or eight. So what a young child needs from mom or dad on a daily basis, consistently, reliably, throughout day and night, is someone who is intentional about listening, attuning, just holding that space. So... It could be that sometimes it's just a toddler being a toddler, and sometimes it's the pain that is coming out because of the circumstances. But either way, even if it's just because it was the drop of a juice box or because it was the memory that my mom and dad don't live together anymore, the, the raw emotion that surfaces needs to be listened to. That's... Yeah. That's guiding principle number one. When I say needs to be listened to, we, I don't mean we encourage children to be angry and, and be violent. I don't mean that. All I mean is to say, I know this is painful and I'm here for you. Come, 
I'll hold you if you let me hold you. And sometimes they don't. So we give them that space, but we never leave them alone. We never shame them for being angry. We never put them in timeout, no matter what they do. We just show them that I understand you are either going through a hard time because you're a toddler and you're just discovering this big, white, scary world or pain that's coming up. Either way, I'm here for you. I love that. And I think that's so important. And talking about triggers and doing the work on ourselves emotionally, there are so many times where I'm like, you know, my Bella will react in a way that's angry and she has a temper. She's a strong-willed kid. And I have to, because I used to have those reactions too, Michaela. I had to do the work on myself to not bring those reactions into my new marriage. And I take a step back and I'm like, okay, how would I want to be spoken to right now? And I think that that's one of the best things, tools that I've learned as a parent is I want to respond to this with rage right back and be like, what the hell is wrong with you? But taking a step back and really understanding that this is a little person who has not yet learned to manage her emotions like I have is really important. Hey guys, Michelle here. I hope you are loving this episode as much as I am. We'll be back with more, but first, a word from our sponsor. Divorce is never easy. And when children are in the picture, it can be extra tricky, especially when communicating with your ex is a challenge. Now there's an app with you and your kids in mind. It's called FAIR, F-A-Y-R. FAIR is the easiest, most intuitive and conflict-diffusing co-parenting app on the market. FAIR helps eliminate misunderstandings while also improving communication between co-parents. In the long run, creating a loving environment for your kids. Here's what you can do on the FAIR app. There's a time-sharing calendar to track custody, exchange days, and never forget those special events. Documentable text messaging. And an expense tracker so both parents can add and monitor expenses, track receipts, and add notes. GPS check-in. That's a court-verifiable way to document your presence at all GPS-verified locations. A monthly parenting report to download with your details. A private journal to take notes add photos and screenshots, a file vault to keep your records, photos, and documents organized and in one place, the opportunity to export all of your records into a convenient time and date stamped PDF when you need documentation for legal matters. And there's a Spanish version of the app as well. FAIR allows you to experience co-parenting in a totally new way, simply, inexpensively, transparently, and fairly. Lose the he said, she said, and be the best parent you can be. Be F-A-Y-R fair. Subscribe at befair.com. That's B-E-F-A-Y-R.com. And then download FAIR from the App Store or Google Play. Go to fair.com for more details. Don't forget to use the code MICHELLE to save 20% off the cost of the app. Are there any other ways or clues our kids give us to let us know that they're hurting because of, let's say, a split or a divorce? Yes, sometimes they don't show anything. Sometimes they just go inside 100% and they withdraw and they just start living in their own world. So they, they, they tend to separate from what's happening around them, right? So withdrawal is a sign for us that something is going on at any age, I would say, even with a teenager. So withdrawal is one. Uh, lack of interest in playing If a child doesn't show interest in playing or being playful or naughty or, you know, prank, 
doing pranks and, and being just very playful, then that's a sign that something is going on in their world, in their inner world, right? If they refuse to do any kind of learning, either school-related or world-related, so lack of curiosity about the world in general, that's a sign that something is going on. And it's really interesting to know. You know, a lot of times we think of their emotions as outward emotions, and we don't really focus on the inward emotions. And, you know, we just think, okay, my kid is so well-behaved. Look, they're sitting in the corner, not making a peep. But that in itself could be a a trick. And what I want to say is if you have a child who is very well behaved, make sure you check in and kind of observe and notice because by nature, especially young children, if we talk about toddlers, it's in their nature to misbehave. And I'm, I'm using misbehave with quotation marks because I don't like that word, but to do things that are against the norm or against the rules. Why? Because it's when their brain is in the stage of development of self-autonomy. So yeah. if you tell them we're not having another cookie, of course they will want another cookie. So if they're not looking to gain that autonomy, even at five or six, and they're just very well behaved, I would say be concerned. That's really interesting. And I think that's something that parents need to hear. You know, feelings present themselves in all sorts of ways. And it's when we don't really hear or see them that we need to pay even closer attention as adults too, as adults too, in relationships as well. And I just want to make one more point about screen time. Maybe your child's way of withdrawing from the reality is through screen time. A lot of parents complain, oh, they don't want to leave the iPad. Well, you know, you have, we have to be very firm in our timing and limits with the screen time. And if the child absolutely resists or builds up resistance over time and it's against your rules regarding screen time stronger and stronger, then that's a sign that he wants to evade. He, he doesn't want to have anything to do with the real reality. So it's a way of avoiding reality, which in, in a different episode maybe, or with someone else, you can talk about how avoidance in early childhood turns into mental disorders later on in life. Really? That's interesting. Yes. Now I'm nervous because my daughter will always retreat to her iPad when, when she's allowed, but she is naughty and curious. When she's allowed. allowed. (laughs) I think that, yeah, that's the key word. It's okay. When she's allowed, that's her fun activity of choice. That's fine. So for parents who are listening and are just starting the co-parenting process, you know, of course, most of us will say, I stayed as long in my marriage as I did because I didn't want to mess up the kids. What advice would you give to somebody who is getting divorced because it's the absolute best thing for them, yet they go to bed at night feeling so guilty about what this might do to their kids? And I'm using air, air quotations. You guys can't see it, but I am because... I, you know, we're all worried about how we're messing up our kids, but even if we're not getting divorced, we're messing up our kids. Yes. Okay. So if I may, I'm going to paraphrase the guru of conscious parenting. I knew she was going to make her way in here. I knew. It's possible not to. So 
she says it clearly. Everybody messes up their kids. We all do. So I just want to say that up front, one way or another, from a spiritual perspective, psychological, emotional, there is no way for anybody to be that idealist, ideal, utopic, perfect parent who doesn't even exist. So, so I just want to say that. But if we have a mom who is going through a divorce right now and things are really hard for her and she's, she's just swimming in this ocean of guilt, what I would say to her is what I said to myself five, six years ago. I need help. I cannot do this by myself. I need a village of people. I need a support system. So when I started the process, that was the very first thing that I did was create my support system. So I had my therapist, I had my spiritual coach, I had my best friend at work, I had my girlfriend outside of work. I had people to support me in uh, 360 degrees. And I did the work that I needed to do. So that's the first thing that I would say. Create a support system around you, ask for help, and please do do not be a, a a hero trying to do this alone. It's not worth it. None of us did it alone. And it's healing when we do it as a Uh, collective effort. It's so true. And, you know, to be honest, when I started putting out all of my posts and articles, I didn't realize, like I was doing it. It was almost therapy for me to write my articles and post what I post. I'm I'm an open, transparent person, as you know, but I had no idea that people were like desperate for somebody else to say it because they felt so alone. It is one of the most isolating things I had ever experienced in my life. And even though I'm surrounded by people who love me and friends and family, if you're not going through it, you just don't understand how to relate to somebody who is. And so that village piece is so important. Find even one person who has either been divorced, knows what it's like to be a single parent, knows what it's like to co-parent and like lean on them because they, they're going to be there for you because they know how much you need them. In Parenting by Connection, that I'm teaching as a certified parenting coach for that, we teach a tool that's called Listening Partnership for parents. So we teach parents how to find people in their lives who are also parents, not therapists or counselors, right? We don't need special training for this. So a parent to a parent, they pair up, over the phone is fine, and at an agreed upon time, they, they have a, a meeting set up and they exchange listening time with each other. So it could be, you know, in your community, you have moms moving on. So this could be something that moms could create for themselves, find listening partners. And all they do is agree to listen to each other without interrupting, without validating or invalidating the experiences of the person who's talking and without giving advice. Why does this work? and Hand in Hand has been doing it for 40 years, because our limbic system, which is the, the house of our emotions in as a human being, our limbic system automatically feels 
safe in the presence of another limbic system. So that's called resonance. So wow, if it's I know, I didn't get I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yes. So if I know that I'm going into a listening partnership with a person who we agreed that we are not judging, we're not interrupting, we're not validating, and we're not giving advice. So it's an absolutely safe zone. I allow my emotions, my subconscious, my trauma, my pain, I allow everything to surface. I can vent, I can cry, I can throw a tantrum. You know, we throw tantrums all the time, adults. We just don't, don't call it that way, but we do. When we get angry and yell at someone, especially partners, that's a tantrum. Oh yeah, I do it. I, I'd like to say I don't do it often, but when I do, I, I know it's happening and I'm like, Jesus, Michelle, take a step back, take a step back. But yeah, I mean, we, we so, are all uh, humans full of emotion. Yeah, so they, they have each other in your community. All they need to do is to find a partner and they exchange this listening time once a, a week, two times a week. Even in small bites, it makes a difference in terms of us cleaning up what holds us heavy. So when we, cle- when, and, and we clear our minds. So as a result of that emotional work, the mind gets clear. When the mind is clear, we are more present, more attuned, more connected, more empathetic with our child and with ourselves. I love that. I love that. That's such great advice. Before we sign off, and I know this, I told you time was going to fly by, did I not? But here's the most important thing we do is we end with a quote that that our listeners can apply to their co-parenting journey and parenting more consciously. Okay. So my quote is, it's a paraphrase, and I learned this from an author. His name is Gabor Mate. And what, what I learned from him, he deals with healing from trauma and deep stuff. What I learned from him is that every human being, us too, As babies, we are born with two needs, authenticity and attachment. And we sacrifice authenticity for attachment. Wow. Yes. Wow. One is, let's all remember that we lost our own authenticity somewhere along the way because we had to sacrifice it for attachment, for survival and for safety. And as conscious parents, number one, we're working on regaining our own authenticity and on creating a safe emotional environment in our homes so our kids don't lose their authenticity. Wow, you are something else. So tell us, the book has been out how long now? What's it called? Conscious Parenting for Toddlers? Yes, Conscious Parenting of Your Toddler, Strategies to Turn Discipline into Growth and Connection. My two favorite words. And you know what? This is, this is I think, even if you haven't even divorced yet or you've been divorced for years, like pick up the book and read it. There's so many good parenting tips, which I've heard from you just from following you and, and listening to your work and watching you. I'm, I'm really proud of you. It takes a lot to get a book out. It's incredible. Where can we find it and where where can we find you? Um, yeah, so I am on Instagram, just my full name, you'll find me. I have a Facebook page called Parenting Made Conscious. I have a website, 
your audience can DM me if they want, if, if they need, if they want the PDF of the book, I will send that to them in turn of a review on Amazon. And I'm going to go leave you a review yeah. right now. Does, does listening to, does talking to you count as reading the book so I can go leave a review? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. I promise. Well, thank you. You are a light. Uh, I know nobody else can see us right now because you're just listening to us, but we're both wearing red and we yeah. both came to this podcast hot and heavy to share what we know. So um, yeah. you, you're incredible. Thank you. And I just want to say, she's not just somebody who, who co-parents. She is somebody who has been through hell and back when it comes to her divorce and has truly been the picture of coming out on top coming out ahead, doing the work. She's done the work for her child. She has really done everything right in terms of being able to say, you know what, I went through hell, but I'm out on the other side. And not only that, I'm shining so bright. So you're a true testament and a true inspiration to all of us. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, and my heart to all the moms listening to you. They're doing an awesome job. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Moms Moving On. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, you now heard that we have a new sponsor. If you have questions about the FAIR app, just DM me. Let me know how I can help. Also, if you are looking for group coaching or individual one-on-one -on -one sessions, send me an email, michelle at michelledempsey.com, and we can take the conversation on from there. Be well, everyone. Feel good. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.